0: Up next on the Rude Radio podcast, it's my distinct pleasure to have with us retired lieutenant colonel and pastor Al McCarn. He's going to talk to us about his history, what's going on around the world, and specifically what's happening in Israel and his lifelong discipleship with Yeshua Messiah. So don't go anywhere. Welcome, everybody, back to the Rude Radio podcast. I am so happy to have Lieutenant Colonel Retired Al McCorn with us and also Pastor uh, with us here. And um, Al, I, you know, it's we have had some really interesting guests on our podcast, but you are a retired Lieutenant Colonel in the military, but specifically— You worked in military intelligence Mm -hmm. for, uh, it says here in your bio, like nearly 30 years. Yeah. So how in the world did you go from a military intelligence person to a person who worships Yeshua Messiah? Well, the question, Ted, might be the other way around. Yeah. Uh,
1: How did a good Baptist Sunday school boy become... (laughs) a counterintelligence, counterterrorism officer with
0: the U.S. Army. Well, tell me about that then. Let's let's kind of start back from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe even before uh, you were in the military. Tell me about how you came to know Yeshua.
1: Well, that would be through my family, through my church. Um, my My grandmother especially was one who was always in prayer for mm-hmm. her seven children and 21 grandchildren. I saw that and uh, I credit much of what good things happened to all of us to her intercession. Gotcha. Uh, So she and my grandfather and these were my maternal grandmother and grandfather and my parents and my aunts and uncles were they were walking their faith in front of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We grew up in a Baptist church in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, it was always a thing. To be there on Sundays, Sunday morning, sometimes Sunday night, yeah. Wednesday night, yeah. And it just it made sense at a very early age. Yeah. It clicked mm-hmm. that that my God wants to know me because he values me. Mm-hmm. And the way I get to know him is through his son, Jesus. Yeah. That's what I was hearing Sunday after Sunday from the pulpit. That's what I was hearing in the Christian school where my brother and I were attending. That's what I'm hearing at home. So it's a consistent message and therefore one Sunday when I was 9 years old and the pastor is to issued the invitation, I walked down the aisle and said I want to follow Jesus. Wow. And I was I was dunked like a
0: good Southern Baptist. <laughs> You know the Baptist the Baptist denomination. Uh, how do I want to say this? Uh, they grow some of the best Christians out there, but then there's more. Yes, there's there's more. People learn that there's more out there. It's not just about you know you can't dance in the social mm. and things like that. But there's just more about Christianity and more about Yeshua and so forth. Okay, yeah. so you you get to know Yeshua uh, at a very early age. Right. But then you get a calling to go into the military. Tell me yeah. about that. That also was from an early age.
1: Now, my father was drafted into the Army Air Corps in 1943. Oh, okay. and So my brother and I grew up hearing his stories of World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard from my Uncle Elmer of his stories. We heard from... Um, My other uncles who had been in the service. So it made sense that that sounds like a good thing to do, Mm -hmm. be in service Mm -hmm. to country. And all I wanted to do from the time that I can remember was be in the military. Now, there was a time that I wanted to go to the Naval Academy. And even when I went to college at Florida State University, I went there because they had all three ROTC programs, Army, Navy, and Air Force. And I got there and found out, yeah, uh, Army and Air Force are here at FSU, but if you want to be a Navy midshipman, you have to go across town to Florida AM. and I did not want to ride my bicycle across <laughs> Tallahassee, Florida yeah. twice a day,
0: twice a week. Yeah.
1: And that's why I went into the Army instead of the Navy.
0: And you you, you went to the distinguished University of Alabama Birmingham is that correct
1: Well that was that was later on <laughs> <laughs> see I had a um, I had an interesting career now coming out the other side of the ROTC program at, mm-hmm. at Florida State um, I was all set to be a career army guy mm-hmm. and that was just solidified after two years of service in Germany um, what branch of service to choose? Military intelligence was the one that made sense. Okay. Again. Now, I say that a lot. made sense. Well, okay. I, I wanted to be an aviator. Flight, physical, the, the flight surgeon came out after the eye test and said, how seriously do you want to fly? Because you're going to need glasses by the time you're, you know, in your mid-twenties. I yeah. didn't yeah. start wearing glasses until I was 50.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. thanks a lot, Doc.
1: No, yeah. it, it did seem, though, that, that the Lord was... Channeling me toward intelligence.
0: Now, you have also have an undergraduate degree in Russian and German. Is that correct? Yes,
1: yes. Um, almost a co major. It was a few hours short of German, but yeah, uh, I never did learn to speak Russian conversationally. I did get good in the German when I was living in Germany. Sure, of course. Um, but that that was one that I I really enjoyed um, learning. Not just the languages, but uh, learning the cultures. Um, my professors, my Russian professors, included a Slav who we, th- a Slavic man who we think had been involved as a partisan with um, former dictator. What is his name? <laughs> Tito. <laughs> Tito, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and his wife, uh, his wife was Czech, and she told us about uh, the last time she had been in. Prague, which was in 1968, just the day that the Soviets rolled in during the Prague Spring and quashed the uh, freedom movement that was happening, Okay, and uh, that, that was a gripping story. So we learned from her uh, and from him, um, I learned from uh, a man who had grown up as a child of a foreign service officer, so he was, his family went from embassy to embassy and he was conversational in a dozen languages. Wow. Yeah. Um, So learning the languages meant also learning the cultures behind them. And that's probably what I appreciated more.
0: You know, I, I want to take a break here for just a moment. But when we come back, I want to talk to you more about kind of what's going on in the world right now. You know, we had a great show with you uh, on Shabbat Night Live, and you were talking about uh, things that were happening with Christians uh, back in World War II, or or not Christians necessarily, but Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, What was happening, where they had to go and stuff, and we're hearing so much about what's happening with the Ukraine war and, Mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. I want to kind of talk to you about what's going on in the world, right now. And you have a very unique perspective on that because you were an intelligence officer. And I just want to talk to you a moment about what you feel like the things are happening in this world right now. And then later on, I want to talk to you about what's going on in Israel and what your thoughts are with what's happening in Israel. And so we'll be right back in just a moment. And while we're in this commercial break, I'm going to see if I can't silence my phone and we'll be right back.
2: Throughout the centuries, enemies have gone to war over the worthiest of causes. And yet, all of these causes fade into the pages of history. So, why do we fight? If our adversary can cause us to forget
1: how we became who we are, then we become
2: unstable structures with no firm foundation. Al McCarn served as a military intelligence officer with the United States Army and comes from a long line of military men. But his greatest tour of duty was not to serve America. It was to serve his family, just as his enemies were doing. This teaching, The Warrior's Kingdom Calling, is our gift to thank you for supporting A Awakening International. When you donate $50 to this ministry in April, we'll send you The Warrior's Kingdom Calling on DVD or Blu-ray Donate $100 and we'll send you the warrior's kingdom calling, plus a pewter and rhinestone wall hanging in the shape of the word ahava, meaning love in Hebrew. Donate $300 and we'll send you three gifts, the warrior's kingdom calling, the Hebrew ahava wall hanging, plus a decorative 10-inch resin scroll of the Lord's prayer, complete with a metal easel for stand-up display. These gifts are a limited time offer from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Get these exclusive thank you gifts when you make a donation to support A Rood Awakening International in April. Call 888-766-3610 or get your gifts online with a donation at MonthlyLoveGift.com.
0: Welcome back to the Rude Radio podcast with my special guest, Al McCarran. Al, thank you once again for being here with us. You know, Al, uh, before uh, the break, we were talking about you and your history uh, your history in the military. Once again, to recap, Al's a retired uh, lieutenant colonel in military intelligence, mm-hmm. but he also has a unique perspective not only on the world but Israel and the Jewish community. And um, right now, I just wanted to take our next segment and just kind of talk to you about what's happening in the world. You know, as you were saying on Shabbat Night Live with Scott Laird, which, by the way, folks, if you haven't seen those shows, you really need to see those programs. They're really, really great. Uh, Al did a fantastic job with those. But you were talking about uh, the Jewish population after world war ii and the unique things that were happening to the jewish people they went almost from one concentration camp to another yeah and um but you know i sit back today and i see what's happening in ukraine Mm -hmm. and you know i'm just gonna be honest you know ukraine is a big pothole right now because of what the russians have done to it with the missiles and everything else that's going on what in the world you know, it's, it's almost like, what are we going to do now? Or what are the Ukrainian people to do now? And so what's your take on what's going on in the world right now spiritually? Uh, Haggai talked about a great
1: shaking of everything that can be shaken in heavens and the earth. That's what we're seeing. That's right. Uh, Ted, the world that we are living in now is so vastly different from the one that you and I both grew mm-hmm. up in. And quite honestly, since I retired from the army in 2012, um, it's been very, very hard
0: to make sense of anything. The world has changed a lot yeah. since then.
1: Yeah, know. the um, I grew up and, and I even had a have a master's degree in international relations, where I learned how nations work together. Yeah, and uh, I've studied military and diplomatic history, so I know how how everything worked, at least before the Cold War ended, yeah, uh, nations acted in a certain way. You could understand why the Russians did what the Russians did. Yeah. Yeah. If you know Russian culture and history, you can, you can figure that out. Right. And the same for the Germans, for the Japanese, for the Americans, the Canadians. But now everything is unhinged. And to, to connect that spiritually, I would say it's because we have forgotten the God of our fathers and mothers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I've heard in the last several months uh, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn speak about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's probably saying it more clearly than anyone else that I have heard. There are a lot of good voices out there. He's one of them. Uh, and, and I'd also say Pastor Dana Coverstone is another good one. Mm-hmm. But when the scriptures say, when the foundations are eroded, what will the righteous do? That's where we are now. Mm. Um, you mentioned Ukraine. Well, first of all, I would say... Um, If you're watching Ukraine and you're not paying attention to everything else, you're going to miss what's really going on. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Because we want to be directed to this flashpoint there Mm -hmm. and absolutely pray for the people of Ukraine and for the people of Russia, by the way. Yeah, we are all suffering. Right, absolutely. absolutely. When we get down to it, it's that human factor that most gets to my heart. Yeah. Uh, Because I... I admire both countries, both histories, mm-hmm. and I can understand why each of them is now at war. Mm. Um, I I can't take one side or the other because I'm not Russian, neither am I Ukrainian. Right. But it grieves me that this is happening. Now, at the same time, I don't think this is all about who controls Ukraine. I think it's much bigger, such as who controls the world's finances. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, I... I when I start talking about this stuff, and I start talking about world, you know, things that are happening spiritually in the world, I always go back to Second Chronicles seven fourteen. That's a good place to start. Now, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. You know, it, and I don't have my Bible here with me to quote it verbatim. Well, I got mine. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's it basically though what it says, if my people will change from their wicked ways mm-hmm. then I will heal their land. Yeah. And I will re, I will make them whole again. Yeah. For lack of I mean I way paraphrased that verse. Yes. yes. But I always think about 2 Chronicles 7:14. If my people will pray and call my name, you know, and, and I I just feel like what's happening in the world right now is people have lost the foresight to know that's a, that there is a greater power than they are. Exactly. That there's a greater power than Putin or mm-hmm. Zelensky or Biden or any. And they forget that the Almighty is the power that they need to be calling upon. And if they would just turn from their wicked ways then he'll heal their land he'll heal them yes and it's it's just amazing to me how short-sighted uh, the world has become with that quite right
1: uh, another thing that we are overlooking and short-sighted about regarding second chronicle 7:14 is the context yes because that was what god was saying to solomon after he dedicated the temple yeah and did his kingly royal prayer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when God is saying, if my people will humble themselves and he, um, pray right. and I will, okay, he's talking to the people of Israel. Yeah. All right. And yeah, that does apply to those of us who come from the nations and who have attached ourselves to Israel's Messiah King, mm-hmm. because we are grafted into that nation yes. and we are become adopted in as part of Abraham's children. So that's why it does apply
0: to us. Gotcha. Well, you know, and it's so funny that we kind of bridge off into that, because in our next segment, I want to talk specifically about your thoughts on what's happening in Israel right now. What you see is the future Mm -hmm. and what things that are happening in Israel. So don't go anywhere out. We're going to be right back here in just a moment. And we're going to talk more this time about Israel. So stay with us. Welcome back to Rude Radio, our podcast, and uh, we're here with retired Lieutenant Colonel Al McCarn, Pastor McCarn, as well. And uh, sometimes we forget about that because we've been talking a lot about your military history, but Al's also a, a pastor. And um, Al, before the break, we were talking about Israel. Well, we were talking about the world. Yeah. And I said specifically, now I'd love to talk more about your insights with what's happening with Israel, its people, and what's happening spiritually in that area of the world right now. Okay. So
1: uh, when we pray for a revival and it happens, um, don't be surprised if it's different than what we expect. Yeah. So what we're seeing in the recent round of elections that returned finally a stable government in Israel...
0: And, and re- returned B.B. Netanyahu. Well, okay. yes. well. <laughs> yes. Yes. I yeah. mean, exactly.
1: Yeah. It is the most conservative government in the yeah. history of Israel. It is the most religious observant government. Yeah. That's fact. And uh, any news outlet that you listen to spouting the mainstream narrative right. will tell you it's far-right extremist. Um, it's a really terrorist government. It's even a fascist <laughs> government. They're occupiers. They have no business being... That's propaganda. Yeah. Okay. Um, I have not met yet uh, Itamar Ben-Gavir or Betzalel Smotrich. Mm -hmm. I haven't yet met Benjamin Netanyahu, but I know people who know them. Yeah. My Israeli friends and and some American friends who work with my Israeli friends. Now, what they are telling me is that um, these are people of honor, people of conscience, people who believe the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, Bible-believing, observant Jews,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we, we would call them Orthodox, mm-hmm. might even call them ultra-Orthodox. All right, this is good. You know why this is good? Because it reflects what's happening in Israel, a spiritual awakening. Not that they're about to become evangelical Christians, no, right. far from that. Right. Mm-hmm. No, but the fact that this largely secular, left-leaning country, or has it, has been, since the nation's establishment in 1948, well, their children and grandchildren are now saying, "Oh, there's something to this Torah. There's something to this God of Moses. Yeah. Uh, you know, several of my Israeli friends, Orthodox Jews, they have a testimony like Christians who lived reprobate lives and then met Jesus. But now they went to the land of Israel and they found out there is a God who makes a difference for his people, and he has preserved us, and he's kept his promises all along, so he's going to keep his promises. Yeah. Um, So that's why I'm very excited. And uh, so let me tell you about one prophetic fulfillment that happened the first day that this government was sworn in. Okay. All right, all right. So Mr. Netanyahu's government was sworn in on the 10th of Tevet, The 10th day of the month of Tevet, the 10th month. Okay. The fast of the 10th month on the Jewish calendar. Right. Okay. You want to know about those fast days. Now, they're not commanded by the Lord. They are extra biblical fast days. They are mentioned in Zechariah chapter 7 and 8. And uh, that's when the elders of Judah, after the return from Babylon, they come to the prophet Zechariah and say, should we continue to fast on these fast days on the fourth, fifth, seventh, and tenth months that we've been doing ever since the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians? Mm-hmm. And God comes back through the prophet and says, well, were you really fasting for me in the first place? And, <laughs> and then says, maybe you want to keep fasting. Yeah. And then we get to the end of chapter 8 of Zechariah, chapter 8, 19, the prophet says the fasts of the fourth month, the fifth month, the seventh month, and the 10th month will become days of feasting and rejoicing for the house of Judah. Now, why are Jews continuing to fast, especially on the fifth month? That's Mm -hmm. the Tisha B'Av, the uh, ninth of Av, the day that both temples were destroyed, one by the Babylonians, the other by the Romans. They are fasting and mourning on that day and on the other days because of... What was lost, the connection to the Almighty God, the temple, the holy city of Jerusalem where he put his name, and their presence in the Holy Land, and they've been exiled ever since. Even to an extent, some would say they're still in exile in the land of Israel. Wow. Because the presence of God is not returned, because the temple is not yet rebuilt. Okay. All right. So what happened on 10th of Tevet, when Prime Minister Netanyahu's government is inaugurated, On that same day, the brand new minister of national security, uh, Itamar Ben-Gavir, ascended to the Temple Mount, as he has been doing all his adult life, because he's an observant Jew. Yeah. But he happens to be an observant Jew who is one of those settlers in the occupied territories. No, no, he's a Jewish pioneer who lives near Hebron. Yeah. All right? and, and he's a man of his word and he practices what he preaches and he believes the word of God and he ascends the Temple Mount because that's where the temple was and will be again. That's where the Shekinah glory of God was and will be again. And he's wanting to go there and proclaim in humble um, in a humble way his belief that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob will come through on his promises. yeah And against all opposition, he still went up there on that day. And there is uh, quite the... You know, it, it may be seen. We'll we'll find out. Is that the beginning of the overturning of this time of fasting? And these four fast days will become days of feasting and rejoicing. Wow, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. we shall see. This new government is the most conservative, right-wing, religious, observant government ever. Yeah, and they were elected with a 64-seat majority. In the Knesset. The Knesset has 120 seats, the Israeli parliament. They have 64 seats with their coalition. And uh, of those 64, half are from the religious parties, the observant Jewish parties, the ones who take seriously the Torah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that's reflective of the Israeli electorate writ large. They are more conservative. They are more observant. And um, they're walking away from the leftist progressive agenda of previous governments, which means now, and we shall see how this new Netanyahu government will be able to um, carry out policies that observant Jews and Zionist Christians have wanted to see all along. We'll see. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, we're talking to Al McCarn, and he has given us some really, really great insight on the world and on Israel. We're going to be coming right back with a wrap up of this program right after this word. Don't go anywhere. We're going to let you know how you can get in touch with Pastor Al in just a moment. Well, we're back with uh, Al McCarn. And Al, thank you so much for being here with us today. Now, if people want to get more information, you know, we had these great conversations today about what's going on in the world, what's happening in Israel. If people wanted to get more information, now I know you have a website people can go to and, and see more of your material. Talk to me about that. It is
1: my blog, TheBarkingFox.com. That's okay. a, all one word, The Barking
0: Fox. Okay. So is there any kind, and I saw on your website, is there any kind of spiritual significance to that or anything? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs>
1: It is one night when I was sitting in my living room in Virginia, I heard a strange sound. I looked out the front window and across the street was this red fox. And I never knew until that moment that fox is bark. That was the weird sound. So I thought, barking fox, that's a great name for something. (laughs) My neighbor and I were going to uh, open a bar, but that, that didn't happen. So I created a blog. So you created a blog instead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah so, um, you know, contact me through my blog and also you see their links to the various networks I'm connected with
0: by the grace of God. All right. Well, very good. Well, Al, thank you for being with us today, and uh, we're just so happy to have you with us, and we want you to come back, not only to do our program here, but also come back to SNL. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, uh, if you haven't seen uh, Al McCarran on Shabbat Night Live, you need to come see that program. Uh, this is probably going to air before the Shabbat Night Lives, so just stay watchful and see uh, when the Shabbat Night Lives are going to be on uh, without and but we really appreciate you being here with us today and on behalf of our audio engineer jacob tesler today jacob's with us today and uh we really appreciate him being here with us Uh, we're gonna say goodbye and uh talk to you guys next time and uh we just really hope you guys have been enjoying rude radio podcast and until next time this is ted clayton saying sayonara